Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Gap Hill. Let's stand together. Have you come to bless the Lord today? How many of you know that God is forever faithful? There's no slack in Him, even though we're short. He's completely faithful. Amen. Aren't you thankful for that today? Let's put our hands together. Give thanks to the Lord, our God and before Adrian comes up for a quick testimony. Uh, continue to pray for our pastor and Jennifer as they travel today. I'll be with, pray that God will be with them and protect them. I also want to thank Brother Larry and his wife, uh, I'm sorry, Reverend Larry and his wife for ministering uh, in the absence of our pastor. I pray that God will continue to bless him today as he brings us the word. Just an update on our remodeling. Uh, phase 2 be beginning date has been changed due to a shipping problem. Uh, Therefore, the services will go on as usual as of now. So uh, the planned beginning date is August the 22nd. But if that changes, I'm sure uh, we'll update you on that. Also, council elections, council elections is coming up soon, August 14th. If you'd like to be considered for a position, please see Pastor Jimmy or Sandra Mickler by August the 7th. There are three positions available opening this year, and we have two people that are committed thus far. So uh, uh, 
If you'd like to be seated, Adrian's going to come up and give a, a short testimony about some things going on. Oh, welcome to Family Day. I'm sorry. It is Family Day. Welcome to have our children with us today. And that's one thing that Adrian's come to talk about. Amen. together. We have several needs. Remember, uh, of course, remember the Moody family. The funeral will be tomorrow afternoon, uh, viewing uh, one o'clock, funeral three that will happen here at the church. But remember Martha Duncan, also that's uh, Frankie's sister. Remember Frankie, she's recovering from a, from two stents being put in by Frankie Masters. Uh, Martha Duncan uh, is Frankie's sister. She had surgery this, uh, last week, so pray for her. Remember Brother Tony, his family, the loss of his uh, grandson. Uh, pray for that situation. Remember Sarah Jones, uh, or Lisa, Lisa Finley's fam family there. Remember Rosemarie and Lewis Addis and their family. Remember Phyllis Mosley, she's still having problems with her legs. Pray for her. Also, Linda Stone, she's having some problems with her legs too. But let's stand together and pray as we continue in our worship. Lord, we lift you in this place. We magnify you. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, to have your way, Lord. Lord Jesus, you see these needs we bring to you. I pray for uh, the Moody family now. I pray you bless them, oh God, all of those affected by her loss. But, oh God, we know where she's at. I just pray you bless that family and strengthen them, Lord. Lord touch Brother Tony, his family. Lord, touch Lisa and her family. Lord, touch uh, Rose and Lewis. <coughs> Sister Fist, Phyllis, I just pray you bless her now when you're healing in her legs. And Lord, touch Linda Stone, you see the healing she needs in her legs. Lord, we just give you those needs now, and I pray you touch the rest of the service. We'll touch Brother Larry as he brings your word today. I pray you anoint him and bless him. And I pray you anoint us as we sing and as we worship together, that you would be glorified, you would fill this place. We lift you and magnify you, and we sing hallelujah to you, Lord. We bless your holy name. Hallelujah. Let's give him praise, church. Give him glory. We bless you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. I raise a
Hallelujah to you, oh God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.
perfect song this morning for preparation for my message. I know Susan and I have been working on a song. I'm going to try to sing at the end of my message. But before you sit down, I want to challenge you. I just believe that God wants to do something special today for several people. It's been a long time since I had a message burning in my heart and my spirit like the one I'm going to share today. It's not an easy message. It may not be easy to hear. It's not going to be a shouting message. I don't think we're going to be running the aisles and jumping the pews. That's okay. I, I can do that too. But, but I believe God is going to touch today somebody in some kind of special way that we've never thought about. Now, I want to say this before we read the text, before we go any farther. Over my years of ministry, sometimes I have to have family counseling or a group of people that was something going on and set them down in my office. And I would say to them, we're going to deal with the situations today. And I don't want anyone pointing fingers at anyone else or trying to figure out what's going on in someone else's life and trying to understand. You see, we, we church folks sometimes, when someone comes to an altar, we want to know why they went. What, what, what led them? What have they done? What, what sin has been in their life when we have no idea what's going on? And I want to challenge you today because it may be the person standing right beside you, your husband, your wife, your son, your daughter, 
that this message is going to touch today. Because I believe God wants to touch the brokenhearted and those that are broken in their spirit and their life. That's what He came to do. And I believe it's the mission of the church, it's the mission of people like me that are pastors and your pastor, Brother Purdue, does that. But God wants to touch somebody today. And before we sit down, would you just reach over and take someone by the hand? And would you just agree with them, with me, that we're going to let God do what He wants to do in people's lives today? And if there's someone besides you that's hurting or if there's things in their life, that before they leave today, that the Holy Spirit is going to captivate them and bring it to a conclusion. Let's pray. Father, I love you today and thank you for what I believe that you're going to do in the hearts and minds and lives and spirits of this congregation. And I pray, oh God, that every person here will be drawn closer to you through this service today. Oh, we've been blessed by our music. We've been blessed by testimony. We've We've been drawn into your presence. And now we sing about you being the one that does the work in our life. And we believe you're going to do it now. But we ask it and believe it and receive it. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. You may be seated. Pick up your Bibles and your tablet or phone or whatever and turn to the book of Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. I told you last Sunday. I told you Wednesday night. And before we, while you're turning there, let me say thank you for uh, allowing us to be with you this, this week and a half and sharing with you. It's been great to be, I can even say it publicly, it's been great to be with a mother-in-law. Ruby's a pretty good lady when she's asleep. I mean, she's a pretty good lady. No, she's a great, great lady, a great mother-in-law. Gave me a great wife. And uh, Gapil, you know, we, we pray for, Sharon and I, we pray regularly, but Every Saturday night, we have a special prayer together, praying for people we know and for churches, and we, we call this church's name every Saturday night for God to touch and minister in your life, and we wish and pray that you would pray for us. We've got to leave as soon as church is over this morning. I've got a funeral on Tuesday about a thousand miles north of here, and so we're going to be making our way there. But turn to Luke chapter 4, verses 16 through 20. You've read them, you've heard them, you've, you've, you've heard them taught on and preached on, but you haven't heard me do it. But Jesus has just come to Nazareth, his hometown, and went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and they handed him the scroll to read. And Jesus turned to Isaiah, what we know as Isaiah 61, the chapters and verses were done by the King James Version, but in Isaiah 61, Jesus began to read what is recorded in Luke chapter 4. And Jesus read this because Isaiah gave it as a prophecy for Jesus who was coming and the work of the Holy Spirit that was coming. And he read this. He said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and the recovering of sight to the blind and to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book, gave it to the minister, and sat down. Jesus was making a statement about, him own, about his own self, but he was also making a statement about the society in which he lived. Jesus lived at a time that apparently was 
like no other time, or like all, all other time is probably a better statement. Isaiah, thousands of years before that, had written Isaiah, what we know as Isaiah 61. And now in the book of Luke, Jesus is reading that and reemphasizing it. And here we are 2,000 years later, and that verse of Scripture has the same kind of potency and strength and validity as it had when Jesus read it in the synagogue 2,000 years ago. In fact, I would say that it probably has more value now than it did then. The, mankind has never experienced a more suicidal, medicated, depressed, drug-induced, mentally unstable, sexually confused, low self-esteem and worth in all of the history of mankind than we are experiencing today. And many of those things are brought on by brokenness in people's lives. Now, when someone has a broken limb, someone has a heart attack, like Sister Jackie, we're praying for her, when someone has situations in their life that are physical and we can see them, we know exactly what's going on. But when someone is suffering inside and they're broken inside, we can't see that. Now, if you're really close to someone, you may notice or recognize things taking place in their life. You know, I sort of wish it was like this, that if you had a broken heart, you had to walk around with your hands on your heart all the time that we'd know so we could help you and pray for you. If you were struggling with things, brokenness in your mind, I wish you had to go around with your head on your hand all the time and we would know that was a situation in your hand, in your head. If, if you were dealing with other situations, I wish there was some kind of sign that we could know as brothers and sisters who should uplift and care for each other that we could reach out to help you. But there is no sign that we have. There's no pattern to follow. There, there's no way of knowing exactly what's taking place in someone's heart, in someone's life. People are struggling. They're broken, and yet they continue to go and continue to exist with their brokenness and their hurt without finding help or solution. There are a lot of areas and directions I could go, but I, I, I want to deal with three areas in particular and then bring it to a close. But I, I believe there are people today that are struggling, as Jesus read, with broken hearts. Their heart is broken over something that happened in the family, something that happened with a friend, something that happened maybe at school when they were in school, and something happened with them early in their marriage, something happened during their marriage, something has happened in their life. They're, they've been hurt by a spiritual leader. They've been hurt by a, a former pastor. They've been hurt by someone within the church who has said something or done something that, that broke their heart. And they've been carrying it, and it's down deep inside. No, they're not going around with their hands on their heart. We can't see it. But down deep inside, there's this gnawing. There's this thing that's, that's, that's burdening them down that they can't really get rid of because it is so heavy, and they are broken, but they still smile. 
They're broken, but they still go to work. They're broken, but they still come to church. They're broken, but they still carry on their duties. But down inside, there's a broken. I think that's what Jesus was talking about when he said, I've come to heal the brokenhearted. I want to tell you, and we'll get to it a little later again, but if you're here today and there's brokenness inside, the Lord sent me by to tell you He can heal that brokenness and He can take care of it today and bring the healing that you need because He came through the power of the Spirit to heal the brokenhearted. You believe that? Say amen. In fact, in Psalm 34, verses 17 and 18, says the righteous cry, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all of their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them who are of a broken heart. Psalm 147, David said, The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers together the outcast of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. When you study from the Old Testament to the New Testament and the words of Jesus, you learn quickly that Jesus' plan, Jesus' desire, Jesus' reason was to bring healing to those that are broken hearted. Do you think Jesus knows those that are broken hearted? Do you think the Spirit knows those that are suffering within and have the difficulties going on? Certainly He does. So if He knows it, why doesn't He automatically fix it? There's a process to follow. There is, there's a healing to take place. There is a, a, a process that brings about the work of Christ. And we're going to cover that again in just a moment. Secondly, I believe people are broken because of broken promises. Men and women do not keep their promises or their vows. I have no direction in anybody's mind through anything of this message, but there's certainly people sitting here today whose marriage vows have been broken. A spouse broke those vows or is breaking those vows. And they are broken inside because of something that someone else did. And they carry it and they smile and they go on. They try to exist. But down inside, they're hurting and they're crushed and they're broken. Because someone who said they loved them broke promises to them. Promises to each other. Promises that we made and vows that we make to each other that we're going to support each other and do things get broken. Sort of fits in the position, but I was thinking about the first home that I bought. Some 55 years ago when we were here, Sharon and I bought our first home. It was 12 feet wide and 60 feet long, and it worked great. Loved it. Sometimes I wish I still had it. <laughs> I think we signed two pieces of paper when we bought that home 55 years ago. The last home I bought, I believe it was over 50 pieces of paper that I signed for that home. What's the difference? The difference was nobody keeps their promises. You read, the, you read those documents and it says, you promise that you're going to do this if this happens. And if this don't happen, you're going to do this. And they try to get you all tied up legally to make sure that you can't hoodoo somebody or someone hoodoo you because people won't keep their promises. They break their promises. And because promises are broken, many times it brings 
heartache and it brings sorrow in people's heart and lives because those vows and those promises are broken. Vows and promises to God are broken. I've noticed over the years in pastoring people that years ago made a vow and promise to God because God did something miraculous in their life and did something that, that was you know, beyond the human ability. And they made promises to God, but over time they forget those promises. They go right back to where they were before all those things happened. And then, then they recognize that and they get trapped in this thing of, of, of life and trapped where they are and they know they should go back and do those things over and inside they're broken because they've broken their promises to God. And there's a broken promises that's breaking down our life. Timothy said, chapter 1, For I know whom I have believed and persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. 1 Kings 8, blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel according to all that he has promised. There is not fail one word from all his good promise, which he promised through his servant Moses. You know this one, 2 Peter chapter 3, the Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Let me tell you. Others may have broke their vows and promises to you. An ex-husband or an ex-wife or situations in life may have caused brokenness, but let me tell you, God will always keep His promises to you. And He will be there as He's promised. And He will undergird you. And as we read the text, He said, I've come to heal the brokenhearted. And I promise you this morning, He knows if you're brokenhearted. And His desire, because of His promise, is to bring healing and help to every heart, every life, every person who will allow Him to bring that healing in their life. God will master and overcome the broken promises. Thirdly, this is probably the heart of what I want to say. Broken lives. Brokenness. People are, are, are broken because of their broken life. Many today have their life in a mess. I, I, I don't want, I'm, not, I'm not a negative person. My wife will tell you I'm the most optimistic thing. I never see a glass of water half full. It's always, I mean half empty, it's always half full. I never see a problem. It can always be fixed. I mean, you can take a piece of baling wire and a roll of duct tape and fix anything. And, and, and I, I'm just all, I'm that world's greatest optimist when it comes to whatever's going on. But I'm telling you, we live in a world that's in a mess. 130 people in our society commit suicide every day. I didn't recognize this, but men are four times more likely to commit suicide than women. And the greatest segment of men who are broken and taking their life are those between the age of 18 and 45. The biggest numbers of suicides. 45,979 beautiful people took their life in 2020. 1,200,000 Records are of those who attempted to take their life, and there's probably more. The highest rate is in middle-aged men, as I said, between 18 and 45. But the fastest growing segment of our society is adolescents from 10 years old 
to 14-year-olds. And believe me, I understand that. It's frightening. And why is this happening? It's happening because people are broken inside. There's things inside they feel they can't fix and they can't overcome and they can't deal with. So they feel like, if I can't fix it, I'll just end it. And the enemy gets in their mind and gets in their spirit and leads them to do something drastic that brings turmoil and pressure to everyone around and to families and churches and schools and all the situations because of the brokenness that's inside that happens. Bad choices, wrong people in their lives, trying to get ahead, confusion about their life and their job and who they are, caught up in the cycle and never finding an answer, never finding help, never finding a solution, just one day after the other and it rolls and the brokenness is still there, just covered up. I'm reminded of Luke chapter 5, and, or Luke chapter 8 and Mark chapter 5 of the Maniac of Gadara. You know the story. This Jesus came up on the, the shores of the Sea of Galilee and the maniac was in the tombs. He was cutting himself. He was chained to the tombs. He had broke the tombs. He was a wild man. He had lost his job. He had lost his family. He had lost all connections. Whatever was going on in his life had driven him into insanity and he was there, you know, just, just, just as, as a wild man. But Jesus came up on the shore. And in the midst of all of his brokenness, in the midst of all that he was trying to do, Jesus spoke to him and healing took place in his life. I want to tell you today, if you have a broken heart, if you have a, a broken promise, if you have a, a broken life, I want to tell you Jesus wants to come to the shore today and he wants to bring the healing and the help that you need in your life, not tomorrow, not next year, but today on this Sunday, he wants to bring healing into your life. You never know. As I said in the beginning, it may be the person sitting right beside you, right in front of you or right behind you that's dealing with brokenness that dates back for years and years in their life and they wonder what in the world can they do and how can they make it happen. I want to quickly tell you how you can overcome brokenness. Read a little true story. said a little boy was at his grandma's house, product of a broken home. The little boy said to his grandmother, where will I sleep tonight? Confused and broken as a child in his life. Overcoming brokenness. Now I'm not here to give you a psychological, psychology lesson, but as I said earlier, Jesus knows the brokenness you're dealing with. Jesus knows what you're facing. You say, well, if Jesus knows about it, why don't he just fix it? Well, he's ready to fix it, but there's a process for him to do what he wants to do in your life. And the first one is this. You have to acknowledge the brokenness. You can't fix a broken arm till you get a cast on it or get it reset. You've got to recognize it's broke. Ask my mother-in-law, Ruby, she'll tell you. You can't fix, fix a, a cut on your arm until you recognize it and get a Band-Aid and some alcohol or peroxide or something and begin the healing process. You have to acknowledge it. 
You can't fix your car until you recognize something's wrong with it and determine where the problem is and begin to work on it and repair it. And you cannot overcome the brokenness that's in your life until you recognize there's things there that have to be fixed. There's things there that I've, over, I've overran in my life. There's things there that I've not acknowledged. And I believe that God can fix those things in my life. You have to acknowledge that they're there. Now that's hard. Because to acknowledge it, somebody's going to say, well, what's going on in their life? As I said earlier. But remember I told you that doesn't matter today because it doesn't matter what someone around you may think or feel. We've determined today that we're going to let the power of the Holy Spirit bring healing and help in the lives of those that are broken and remove those things that may be of years gone by and bring a healing that only Jesus can bring and we have to begin by acknowledging that it's there. Secondly, you have to accept the help of others. Why did God say, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together? Why did He institute this thing called church and fa church family? Why did He bring out this process of a group of disciples to work together? Why does He bring us together as we are in our situations as we live? Why have we become friends within the framework of the church? I think, I think there's a deeper reason than just having a place to go on Sunday and just a place to worship. Those things are extremely important. But I believe God put me here for you and you here for me and us here for each other. And it's a process that God wants us to help each other through this thing we call life and overcome those problems that we're dealing with. If you've got someone who says they're a friend and they won't help you when you're in trouble and you're brokenhearted, you need to get some new friends. And, and I'll give you some scripture for that. Proverbs 26, the wisest man ever lived said this in verse 26, the righteous shall choose his friends carefully. Because you want friends that will undergird you and help you and help you. Real and true friends want to help. If they see you with your hand on your head, if that was possible, if they see you with your hands on your heart, if that's possible, a real friend will come around you and say, how can I help? How can I pray? How can I lift you up? How can I encourage you? How can I get you beyond this brokenness in your life? And I believe Gal Peel wants to do that. I believe if Gal Peel knew I was hurting, even though I'm a little dis distant, but I'm part of the family, I believe you'd come along beside me and pray for me and lift me up and encourage me. I believe if Pastor Brian had a problem, we'd want to encourage him and lift him up or any of you. Why? Because we want to help each other. Not taking God's place, but helping lead those to God. Number three. I've said it a couple times in reference, but you have to ask God to heal you. Well, we know about this asking process in Luke chapter 11. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened. How many times have we quoted that? How many times have we said that? How many times have we implied that when it comes to a prayer time? And we know about this asking process and we ask and ask. But asking alone does not do it. How do I know? If you're like me, you ask your doctor, well, what have I got to do to be healthier? And he says, less salt, more exercise. You know, you know the list. All of, I think they all got the same list when it was in doctor school. But, but we get the list. Oh, yeah, that's great. Then we leave the doctor's office and stop by McDonald's and get us some good salty french fries. We, we know how to ask. But asking is one thing. One thing. 
You can ask your financial advisor how to, how to save or how to deal for the future, but if you don't follow it, you'll be right where you are 20 years from now. Asking is one thing. And many people, they ask God, but they don't do number four. They don't allow God to do the healing in their life. You've got to ask Him. Ask Him is acknowledging. And then once you've acknowledged, then allow Him through the power of the Holy Spirit to bring that healing that needs to be brought into our life that only He can do. Jesus said, I have come to heal the brokenhearted, to set at liberty those that are captive, to bring recovery and to bring the healing that needs to be. We have to allow that to happen. But you know, that's not just a 2022 problem. In John chapter 5, Jesus told the crowd He had come to heal them, but they wouldn't let Him. Look at verse 40 of John chapter 5. But you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. He went on to say, in a, if I were to sort of capsule it, you come to get the bread and the fish. You come to get the healing and the blessing. But yet you won't ask me to take care of what the real needs are in your life. And I totally believe there are hundreds and thousands of born-again Christian believers who sit on church pews that there are hurting things inside that they can't get rid of, they can't shed, that have been in there and they are carrying them, but they won't stop to say, God, I acknowledge my brokenness and I need the Holy Spirit to come into my life and bring the healing and the help that He can bring that I can't do, that a doctor can't do, that no one can't do, that only the power of the Holy Spirit that goes between bone and marrow and digs into that inner part of our life that no man can see and no man knows about, but only the power of the Spirit of God can bring the healing that needs to be to a life that's broken, to a life that's hurting, to a life that's shattered, to a life that has remembrances of things that drags them down. But there is a God, there is a Holy Spirit, there is the power through Jesus Christ who says, I want to bring healing and I want to bring help and I want to bring answers to those that are broken in their life. In 2 Samuel chapter 12, David was broken. He was crushed. His son with his wife Bathsheba was ill and dying. David, the king of Israel, went out and laid on the ground and sackcloth and ashes and cried out to God and asked God to bring healing to his son and for several days when you read the scripture it's in different places of scripture David laid there and he, he moaned and he groaned and he begged God he was broken over what was happening and he begged God to heal his son but it wasn't God's will and when David learned that his son had died the brokenness that he had inside he didn't carry it with him the rest of his life. He acknowledged it. And in many places, he acknowledged the healing that God brought. But David got up. Let me read what it says that David did in, 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 in verse 20 of chapter 12. So a David arose from the ground, washed and anointed himself, and changed his clothes. And he went into the house of the Lord and worshipped. Then he went to his own house. And when he had requested, then he set, they set food before him and he ate. What does that tell me? 
that, that David, in fact, another place, David said, I can't go, I can't go to, I can't be with my son now because he's dead, but I can go to where he is. What David recognized was, I can't fix this brokenness, I can't change it, I can't go back and undo it, but I can let God work in my life to bring the healing, and I can acknowledge He can do the work, and I can pick myself up, and I can go on with my life with God's help because God has given me the strength and the power to do it, not within myself. And many are carrying that brokenness, wondering why. They, 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 they reach a wall spiritually and they can't get any farther. They wonder why they get to the place in their, in their life emotionally and it seems like they, they, they feel so incompetent. They wonder why they get to a position and they can't go on. It's because they're broken inside. But it's time today, on this last day of July in 2022, it's time to say, God, I acknowledge I'm broken inside. I can't do a thing about it. But your power and your grace and your mercy is strong enough to bring the healing and I believe you're going to bring the healing to my brokenness today oh hallelujah Psalm 3 when David's son died David wrote this psalm historians say and the, the sequence of chronological events point to this particular psalm I'm going to read it then I'm going to sing that song Susan David wrote this. Now his son has just died. The, the, the people of his kingship, or David was king, are mocking him and questioning him and his, his little whatever is going on. He's broken and he must not be doing his kingly duties as he should. And David wrote this psalm. It's, it's short. He said, Lord, how they have increased who troubled me. Many are they who rise up against me. Many are they who say of me, there is no help for me in God. But you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory and the lifter of my head. I cried to the Lord with my voice, and he heard me from his holy hill. I lay down and slept. I awoke, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of 10,000 of people who have set themselves against me all around. Arise, O Lord, and save me, O Lord, for you have struck all my enemies on the cheekbone. You have broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongs to you, Lord. Your blessing is upon your people. What is David saying? David said, Lord, I can't fix it, but you can. Those who are coming against me, you can take care of them. And it's a little, maybe close to trying to understand what he's saying. But he says, instead of me hitting them, you're going to hit them. Instead of me worrying about it, you're going to hit them on the cheekbone. Instead of me worrying about it, you're going to even knock their teeth out. Read it. That's what it says. He says, Lord, in the middle of my brokenness, when I can't take care of my kingly duties, in the middle of my brokenness, when people are, are saying, I don't have what it takes, Lord, I've cried from the holy hill, you are my shield and my buckler, and you're the one that lifts my head. You're the one that raises me up from my bed. You're the one that brings healing in my life. And you're the one that will protect me. And you're the one that will heal this brokenness within. 
Oh, I would say to you today, it's the same scenario with you. I wish I had a magic wand I could wave and I could fix every brokenness that you have. But I can't do that. I wish I could even identify those that are broken. But statistics would say that about 50% of this congregation is dealing with some kind of brokenness mentally, spiritually, physically, emotionally that they can't seem to get past it. Jesus knew that and the Spirit knows that today. I wish I knew who you were. I would point you out and say get up here I want to pray for you but I can't do that but just like David it is the Lord who is our shield and our buckler it is the Holy Spirit that lifts up our head it is the power of God that will bring the healing that we need I can't do it but He can I can't fix it but He can I can't tell who it is but He knows and all He needs is you to say Lord it's me would you bring the healing that I need and would you touch my brokenness within and bring the help that only you can bring in my life. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, I feel God. as a weight hanging on your shoulders, as heaviness that seems too much to carry, as depth of sorrow penetrate your life. I see it and I know it. But I'm here today to tell you I have come to heal the brokenhearted. And my spirit and my power is real and available today if you will let me. I will bring the help that you need. And I will heal the brokenness that no one can see, but I know it's there. Let me, let me, let me heal you, says the Lord of hosts. The potter's song of vessel that was broken by the wind and rain, and sought with so much compassion to make it over. Oh, I was that vessel that no one thought was good. I cried, Lord, you're the potter and I am the clay. Make me over again today. 
then God picked up the pieces of my broken heart that day in he made me a new vessel and revived my soul again listen to this verse my friend if you're broken and shattered by the storms of life and have searched in vain for the answers to all your turmoil and strife. Oh, God. Just look to the Savior who now can set you free and cry, Lord, you're the potter and I am the clay. Make me over again. Oh, let God pick up the pieces of your broken heart today. Oh, let Him make you a new vessel and take all your I want you to stand with me all over this congregation, if you can. I'm going to sing that second verse one more time. I'm not going to procrastinate this. I'm not going to drag it out. But as sure as I'm alive today, God is speaking to folks that have brokenness of some kind in your life. It relates in some way, but I, <coughs> I read this true story said a man sent his wife to the store to get some shoe polish. She came back into the house with Griffin shoe polish. The man lost it, broke the shoe polish, destroyed the living room where they were. His wife was appalled. Come to find out, since he was a child, when he was a little child, he'd got just a fresh little new puppy. And he said the little puppy was running around and the Griffin shoe polish salesman came by, ran over his little puppy and killed it. And he'd been carrying that bitterness and brokenness for 30-something years until he saw a container of Griffin shoe polish. But I believe there's hurts that are a whole lot deeper than a puppy being killed. There's deeps that are whole, hurts that are a whole lot deeper than a Griffin shoe polish container. There hurts that only the Spirit of God can touch and heal. I'm going to sing this second verse. 
And if you're here today and the Spirit of God is speaking to you and drawing you, remember you have to acknowledge, you have to ask, and you have to allow the Spirit of God to bring healing. If you're here today and you're carrying brokenness, you're carrying things in your life, we're not going to ask you, and I command no husband, no wife, no father, no mother, no son, no daughter to ask. Just say, I believe God has bought the healing and let it go. Get up like David did, wash your face, shake, shake yourself off, say, He is my Redeemer, He's the lifter of my head, and leave it right here today. But if that's you, when I try to sing this verse, I want you to come from your seats and I just want you to stand around this altar and say, I bring my brokenness to Him today, believing He and only He is going to take care of it. Let's sing this. My friend, if you're broken and shattered by the storms of life, searched in vain for the answers to all your turmoil and strife. Just look to the Savior who now can set you and cry, Lord, you're the potter, and I am the clay. Make me over again today. Oh, let God pick up the pieces of your broken heart today. Oh, let it make you a new vessel and take all your pain away. Just keep playing. This message is so hard me and for you because the enemy does not want us to release our brokenness. As long as we can carry those scars in our mind and heart, we are inhibited to be what we can really be for God spiritually. We're inhibited to be what we could be for our families, for our church, for our communities. That's why it's hard to turn loose of that seed and say, I'm going to allow God to touch this pain, this brokenness that's in my life that has been hanging there in my craw for all these years or days. God has dealt with me too much with this message. Thank God for one, but I believe there are many others that want to come and say, Lord, I'm releasing it to you today. If that's you, I'm, I'm going to sing this course a verse one more time. I'm going to try and if that's you, I want you to come and just stand here. And I want you to say, God, I'm releasing it to you today. Let's sing it. Can I use that microphone? Because I'm struggling with this. My friend, if you're broken and shattered by the storms of life, 
someone, I want us to have a prayer right where you are and believe that God's going to touch and minister to even others that may not be here. Father, I pray right now that your power and spirit would bring that undergirding strength and help that's needed today in our hearts and minds. God, you're the healer and you're able by your power and spirit to speak to those hearts and those lives today that we can come to you brokenness and say, God, I know you and you alone are able to bring the healing. Father, today we commit it to you, those that are in this altar and those that are standing in this sanctuary. Wrap your arms and love around them and let them know that if they will allow you, you will bring the help and the healing that's there. Just look. 